0: Okay, welcome everybody. Um, I'm Simon Russell from Behavioural Finance Australia. Today I'm joined by Connor Wynne. Welcome, Connor. Thanks, Simon. Um, so, Connor has a background in project and change management and more recently has almost completed, I believe, his PhD, uh, which is in behavioural sciences and um, uh, sort of organisational so- psychology uh, sort of area. So, this, this session today, I'm going to ask Conor to reflect on that background in change and project management and also the behavioral sciences, and in particular to express some views in relation to our move to back into the office, major project, whether it, or however that may, may look. So I'll contribute my two cents as we go through as well. But um, for those of you online, please do feel free to add to add comments, questions, as we go into the chat function. So on that note, Connor, maybe I might ask you a sort of more general question to start with before we get into the specifics around the office environment and about sort of change and managing big projects. Mm-hmm. So reflecting on all your years of experience in that space, but now with, the, I guess, the more recent behavioral lens to it, is what, what lessons can we draw, do you think? What are people doing wrong or should do differently in that space?
1: I think um, what's often well done in, in a big change program is the project the product stream or the, the project journey, which is milestones, Gantt charts, risk logs, uh, committee meetings, steering committees, all that kind of prodigy stuff. That's, that's pretty mature and often well done. Um, the OCM or organization change management stuff is often or can be well done, which is, you know, which tends to focus around communications and training and, you know, management briefings. But what's not well done is often is behavior and the kind of behaviors that you expect to see at the end of the journey. So um, sometimes, um, or, or yeah, often what, what what's what's getting in the way of strategy is behavior. Um, and what people often do is so, some of the big programs are designed with an end in mind, and then compliance is, you know, if you think thinking about a big IT system implementation, it's all about, just compliance it's it's about forcing people to a making sure that there isn't a riot and that, that people don't you know don't abandon the new system coming in or B that there's a fair amount of compliance and uptake and there's a lot of there's a lot of power and force used in that approach but what's not often used is well why are you putting in a new system anyway how do you want people to behave and how does how that in any way supporting the strategy that you're that you're looking to implement yeah. so there's, there's a big gap around behavior I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, that's probably a good segue then for the behaviors that we're looking for in some of this return to the office. Type yeah. environment. So one of the things that um, we've talked about at length, um, uh, well, both in our previous conversations uh, on podcasts and, and elsewhere is how behavior can be influenced by the context in which people make those yep. behaviors. Yep. And I think you've made the point that people can be influenced by the cues they pick up from mm-hmm. their sort of office environments. Can you perhaps sort of elaborate on that and some of the issues you see in that space?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, there's a there's a there's a phenomenon known as framing, which is which is how you set up the environment that people are in, so so they behave in a particular way. So 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 you're you're across the idea of framing. But a, a simple example of framing is to if you look at a product, um, to to if you just describe it as ninety percent fat free or ten percent fat. I mean, that, that's a dif- that's a framing, and it, it, you'll get different behaviors um, depending on how you frame something. Um, So um, my thesis is that people in power will frame a situation to get you to behave in a particular way. So if you're, if you're in a, regardless of what situation you're in, you will be, you will be taking out cues from the environment as to how to behave. And most of those are are unconscious. You're not really aware of, of, of being influenced by them. Um, so, So a trivial example is sometimes if you forget something, so if you go into another room and forget why you went into that room, that's a, that's a frame effect because the cues that, 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 that gave rise to the decision, to say, to say, I, I need to go into the other room to get X. Uh, when you go into the other room, you'll be hit with different cues, and um, you know your partner could be there, the dog could be there, it, 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 you could be presented with new information, and, and basically your, your behaviour will will change.
0: So you're suggesting that's not just old age related that that <laughs> Well, I think
1: the, I think the issue in old age is is not whether you have glasses, but where did you put them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, so, so back in an office in an office environment, I think one of the things you mentioned previously, as well as, is, is the cues you can take about sort of uh, wh- who, which people I should be working with versus others, and the sort of problem of silos. Is that uh, sort of a, what? A,
1: yeah. So, so one that, of the organisations I studied, um, they had a that one of the be, one of the behaviours that was getting in the way of them implementing strategy was the fact that they were it was a very silo based organisation, it was very traditional and it's engineering approach to uh, to problem solving. And it was bureaucratic. Things were really slow. And but this organization needed to move very quickly to respond to a crisis. So they identified behaviors as as a so so they were they were really special in that sense. They identified the behavioral blocks to the strategy, um, and then they went around went re- went about solving those particular behavioral blocks. And one of them was um, silo mentality. So so to overcome that, what they did was they took people out of their various physical locations um, and put them in co-located them so they put them in in cabins uh, on a project basis and said and they mixed them in with with contractors as well so they said you as a group now will focus on this project and you will work together Um, and just by being physically co-located it drives behaviors in a way that thousands of memos and presentations couldn't because you're sitting across the desk from somebody or next door to somebody or you're going for coffee with somebody who's who was in a different department but now you're now you're physically getting different behavioral cues from the, from the environment that you're in.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so the silos is one, presumably whether you're in office or open plan, is that something that's significant? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there's, there's some really interesting stuff around, around um, it's, it's more in the philosophical space than that psychology, but, but um, I mean, to, 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 to stay on point for a minute, um, yeah, I mean, like the size of somebody's office, the, whether they've got an EA sitting in front of them guarding their space, uh, whether they've got the latest equipment, uh, or whether they're still working on you know last year's you know or three three year old laptop, all that kind of stuff is a cue as to as to to kind of where you are and 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 what you want and what you get from the organization. There there are lots of stuff, um, and physical space is a is a is, is a key uh, a cue to to look at. Um, Powerful people
0: typically want, want more space than, than, than less powerful people. Sure. So, so the example you gave about the solution there was actually co-locating people. But if we yeah. go to, I guess, a scenario where we've maybe got a hybrid environment and some people are there and some people are not, or they're there part of, part of the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is, does that sort of hybrid, partially technology-enabled, maybe environment allow us some options to provide different cues or break some of those challenges. Well it yeah. does. And, and this is a
1: this is kind of where I step off out, out of psychology into into philosophy, which is why I studied behavioral science as opposed to just pure psychology. So you've probably heard of the, the, the philosopher Michel Foucault, he's, he's um, he's he's famous for um for for lots of things, but but he's a he's a philosopher and one of the leading thinkers in terms of power. Um, but he, uh, one of the things he talks about is um, a, a, um, a panopticon, which is a, which is a structure um, um, commented on by a guy called Jeremy Bentham, which is a, which was, who's an old, um, an old philosopher. But basically, in the centre of prison, you've got a. Back in the day, in, in Victorian times, you had a a, um, a block which was able to observe into the open cells of everybody else and and so you had the you had one person who was able to observe the, the behavior of lots of other people and simply he argues that by being able to observe those people you're able to control their their activity because those people are aware of the gaze or what that they're being studied and, and they self-censor um, and I think there are there are um, parallels with with being physically located in the office I think one of the one of the one of the concerns for a, a cohort of middle managers is they can't see what people are doing um, and, and therefore um, uh, what kind of behavior are, are, are those people exhibiting when they're offline uh, and it, it, it's it's and this is a this is a technological problem uh, or technologically driven problem i mean technology is the great disruptor not just from a from a workflow uh, perspective but also from a power dynamics perspective um, technology typically, um, uh, is is more democratic in its use, or can be, uh, and so what you have with with um, hybrid locations is people who are able to to, to be more selective and to, to be more choosy about how they behave throughout the day than if they are physically present in the office. So, you, so this is um um this is more than this is more than just about going back to work. Um, this is this is technology which has been happening for quite a while uh disrupting the effectively the nature of reality well, <laughs> okay, <fair enough. laughs> so, so so for instance if you take i'm sorry to go off the deep end a little bit but if if you take for instance um mobile phones so um wh- one of the if you look at a look at a strip of activity or or, or what's happening in happening in front of you uh, there are often a number of if you like anchors with uh, things tying tying that that activity to, to to reality one of them is is um so reality is often defined as a, as a has been anchored by time and place. They're two of the big, two of the big anchors to reality. Um, and one of the things you see with mobile phones, for instance, is that is that um, that the anchor uh, place is cut. So so um, and, and similarly with with um, with this sort of stuff. Um, so reality is no longer about time and place. It's just about time. So so you you have technology which is undermining the nature of reality and 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 basically changing behavior massively as a result and for some people um particularly in, in in organizations that's a very that's a very stressful time because they what's real and what's not and how do i control how do i keep an eye on people and, and effectively control the the um uh, the people who, who who work for me
0: yeah okay so, so if i bring you back to the cues one cue i heard <laughs> I know, I know we're dealing with reality here, but that's just, oh,
1: just a bit back. too much. Yeah, I'll, 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 right.
0: I'll, I'll dial it I, down I, a bit. I, yeah, I'll just get back to the granular for a second. So, the, the one cue there was are people observing me and that can influence my behavior? And I, yeah, I yeah, it does. hear and, what you say cell, there.
1: Self censorship is a big thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which may may have some positive and negative impacts in terms of productivity versus self censorship, which, yeah. Anyway, so, so i take your point on that one. Mm-hmm. There, there seems to be. Possibly some other cues that we can take, like, like for example, just before we started, you put your background on blur. I put yeah, exactly. my background on blur. I did it deliberately. Yeah, yeah. Why did we both do that? Presumably, it's because there are cues that come from our background exactly. that we may or may not want to transmit. You want, do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about what what's um, well? What were you thinking about in your case?
1: Well, exactly. I, I did that. I did that as a provocation. I, I did it deliberately because I, because I you, people are aware of of of, of your background. So, so in an office environment um people who are above you in the hierarchy will be able to to see where you're sitting what your even what your body position is like what's on your screen just by what just by walking past um they'll be able to see whether documents are open whether you're chatting to um, to a worker um whether your desk is empty or not I mean, there's there's so much that can be gleaned almost instantly from 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 a from a, a walk past that um, that's not available anymore to, uh, to 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 people who are supervising others um, and it's 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 a real concern because because they can't tell um, and and the, the, the other issue is when you combine that with with um, a phenomenon that's been known as bullshit jobs or bullshit work. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of a lot of people, and I've been in the situation myself where where you know a, a large chunk of your of your job is is really not not value adding at all. Um, you know it, um, your boss knows it, but kind of not many people talk about it. And I think what's happened with technology is people have privatized that. They've gone, no, I'm not going to do that bullshit work. I'm actually going to I'm actually going to hang up a wash, or I'm gonna I'm gonna i gonna walk the dog, or I'm gonna enter the bin. I mean, you, I, I think people have been uh, technology has allowed people to to privatize bullshit work
0: yeah so the the again just staying on the cues for it back to the kids sorry sorry <laughs> to keep pulling you back up like this <laughs> the yeah the I mean, when i've talked to people about their backgrounds for example what i have heard people say is well you don't want a senior executive with a background and and all the sort of more junior people can look at the back and see these panoramic views of the sort of the harbor and the opera house yeah, <laughs> sort of yeah, sitting yeah, behind yeah. them maybe and maybe from my perspective when i'm sort of sitting in a at my desk, but which also doubles as a bit of a spare room. Well, do I really want to see people to see the bit of the clutter that's sort of sitting behind me? And I, I do wonder whether a, a cluttered environment in the background or the Sydney, those cues then are going to change the way you interpret the stuff that's spoken by the person who is sitting in front oh, of absolutely, those
1: cues. Absolutely, and I mean, if you take, um, one of my favorite sociologists is a guy called Irving Goffman, and he he would basically, he basically says, um, he, he would. He takes what's called dramaturgy. He takes a dramaturgical view of life, which is effectively this is a performance, and and if and, effect, and if you're on stage, well, well, the fact that we blur the rest of our stage um, really says something quite interesting about the performance, um, and and senior leaders will be very conscious of of how they appear to their um, uh, to their to their people, and so so. You know, in a in this kind of environment, they'll be very careful to either blur or to, or to have the the background set up in a way that that or they should uh, that conveys the kind of uh, message that they want. I mean, I think we would all be a little bit concerned if we you know if the CEO of a large corporation was living in a in a pigsty. Maybe kind of going, oh, geez, you know, that's a that's a bit of a concern. So so I I think they will have minders who will be helping them even to to do with you know positioning the lighting and the type of paintings that they've got in the background. Um, you know, I, I, that's all that stuff is is really important in terms of, you know, the, what's called the presentation of self.
0: Yeah, actually, you've, you preempted a couple of things out of my list as well. Quality of the audio, quality of the video, quality of the internet. I mean, it takes me back as well to the to the, the idea of this sort of cognitive ease. And, and as Glenn has mentioned also, whether your camera is on or off. So, so this, you've got this sort of sense that, how difficult something is for me to process. So if I can't pros- can't hear you well because your audio is crap or your internet's sort of a bit intermittent, well that's reducing my sense of cognitive ease. It's harder for me to process what you're saying. Yeah. And when people don't like like it when it's when when there's that cognitive difficulty in so, so I mean they, which is why I guess you see those sort of things written in small font that people have to focus on and they don't they don't mm-hmm. tend to like that sort of stuff. So I think it's I don't know all those things that you're just describing. It just sort of makes it. You said to, uh, technology is democratizing. So long as we've all got the same technology and the same lighting and the same background. Yeah, and, and it's. I mean, I mean, uh,
1: you know, the technology to its credit, it's 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 free largely. I mean, I mean, yes, you need a laptop, and you need, you need an internet connection, but but Zoom and Teams are you know largely free, and that's 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 fantastic, uh, and that's part of the the, the democratizing um, aspects of it. But if you take the things that the things that I'm really fascinated by are things like. Um, Children or dogs or a partner wandering into the frame uh, by accident—that's that's that's, um, that's fascinating because again, if you take it as a um, if you take a kind of dramaturgical view of life, which is if you look at it as a stage, that's effectively like you know the 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 rear curtain being lifted and and the rest of the troupe are not meant to be on stage appearing on stage. Uh, now there is a there is a kind of authenticity around that 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 some people would appreciate where they go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm actually seeing, I, I can see this person in the round and, and, you know, they've got kids or they've got a dog or they've got a cat, and, you know, or, or somebody's walked through with, so that kind of, um, so there's a kind of, Goffman talks about front stage and backstage and backstage is where people cooperate and, and, and um, are more collegiate. So in some ways, having somebody walk through the frame or, or, or a, a not perfect frame uh, can actually, I think, uh, engender a kind of uh, collegiate more collegiate um, approach than, than something which is crisp and you know super professional because because that, that then looks like a performance.
0: Yeah, it also goes to the point of um, the concept called operational transparency you may have come across that, no, I idea. Come across that. So, so the idea of that is if, if I produce something uh, and I think one of the examples that's used is in a restaurant for example, right yeah. so I'm sitting at my table, out comes this dish. Do I, how much do I appreciate the dish? Well, yes, I can taste it and I can see it and there's some visual experience associated with it. Yeah, okay, fine. So I can base it on that. But as we know, those things are quite subjective and you can change my perception of my wine depending on how much you tell me it was worth the price (laughs) of the book. Okay, so what else is gonna influence the way I appreciate it? Well, actually having transparency to the the, the chef, the cooking process, so I can see the effort and the tension, all the work that's gone into producing this dish that's come out that people tend to value it having seen all that work. And this is also why they, I guess, put on um, oh. ATMs and displays and things going, oh, we're just just checking 1,500 million sort of possibilities for you. Oh, here's the best airline ticket or whatever it is. Yeah, and yeah, you get yeah, some yeah, transparency yeah. about, well, gosh, a lot of stuff went into that. It wasn't just sort of a split second. I shouldn't judge yeah. the value of it by that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of ways of looking at that. So, so, so if the chef becomes part of the performance, that's, that's quite a different thing because normally the chef is in the background and, mm. and, and, and it's the, it's the, it's the major D who does the, the ta-da and the, and the presentation. So it's, it's a really interesting um, approach to have the chef part of the performance. Um, I, don't, I don't know whether that's necessarily any, any better or not, but, uh, or, or any more authentic or not because the chef then has to put on a show uh, he can't he or he or she can't be themselves in, in the background um so so that's a that's a little bit different but getting back to the office uh, as you would say um <laughs> i think um if it, physical cues are are really important in terms of us ha, how we behave and changing con- one of the rules as you know is changing context changes behavior
0: yeah so in a different and- context
1: you, you behave differently
0: yeah and so if we I guess we've got some tools from the virtual world that we can maybe use. so if it ends up being some sort of hybrid, or even if it's not a hybrid, even if we had everybody in the office, we could probably still use some of the tools from that virtual world. have you, have you thought through some of those possibilities?
1: yeah, so i, I um I wonder um, I, I wonder why why we we all need to be in office all the time. I, I just I'm not i I can see one reason why. Um, i think uh, people in in management um, have been so used to to, to a particular way of, of running the business and to, to be able to see what people are doing and it's a function of control that that it's easier um if everyone's in the same place and everybody's doing roughly the same you know everybody's there roughly between sort of eight o'clock and nine o'clock and leaves roughly between five and six and it, there's a there's a kind of um there's a kind of control of activity in in that space that, that people would like so i think there's a there's a real desire on the part of some people. There's a real kind of nervousness or concern on the part of some people in, in kind of senior management to have that happen. But uh, but I think the toothpaste is out of the tube. I think um, you, know, you can't put it back. Um, we, we all now know that that we can you know we can operate from home and it's you know it's you, you can be just as productive it, it, for most situations at home as as, as you can in the office. Um, the problem. Um, and I know I'm straying off point here. The, the problem is is um, something called Price's Law, which is, which says that half the work's done by the square root of the number of people. Um, so if you're in if if you're in a team of uh, you know, a medium-sized team about 400 people, it, it, half the works if that's true. and it's that there's arguments. That there are reasons why it should be half the works done by 20 of the people. Um, so if if um, if you're running a if you're running a, a reasonable size organization of 400 people, the people you need to care about are those 20 people. Um, the, the other 380 who, who are doing the rest of the half of the work and, and I'm assuming it's a, it's a long tail. Uh, there are, there are some people who like, does it matter if they come into the office or not? Because they're not doing much work anyway. <laughs> and part of that is not necessarily due to them. The part of them is, is, um, you know the uh, badly designed jobs, which which is, which are like bullshit jobs, and they're, they're, there's a there's a there's an amount of that
0: out there. Yeah. So what if we focus on sort of the team meetings? So if, you, oh, okay. if you, so, so, just looking at that for a second, say okay, well, well, and even before we go <laughs> to the hybrid question or sort of in the office and out of the office, but in a team environment generally, giving a team yeah. meeting. So what uh-huh. what are some of the things that go wrong, and maybe we can take that as a as a cue to how we might be able to combine it in a in a sort of a hybrid environment.
1: Yeah, so I think I think the purpose of the team meeting is really important to I me. Mean, what um, we've been to, we've, we've, we've both been to meetings where um, it, it was large, it was absolutely pointless. Um, where where they could have sent around the notes, or they could have sent around a video um, beforehand. But but this but this but you're somehow you're you're required to turn up and sit in a sit in a in a place with everybody else and listen to somebody do a page turn on a PowerPoint. Um, and I think those sorts of meetings, the purpose of those is is not for not about you, it's about them. Um, that is almost like a. I mean, Goffman would talk about that. It's almost almost like a religious procession. I mean, you 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 have you have these um, these icons of of um, almost you know religious icons up the front who are who are looking for uh, for people to 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 and uh, to pay your respects to, to to those people in power. I mean, it's a it's a piece of iconography. And. Um, if it's not one of those, which thankfully it shouldn't, and increasingly with um, with technology, people don't turn up to those or, or or resist in a different way. I can I can bang on about resistance for a while, but so for instance, if if you um if you want to resist one of those um, bullshit meetings, um you can turn off your camera and you can literally surf the web or you can, you could do whatever. So so resistance is is um, is much more possible with technology than before. So in a if it's not one of those meetings. Um, uh, face-to-face meetings are best with uh, with problem solving. So, so in other words, if you have a knotty problem and you genuinely don't know how to solve it, um, having a bunch of people together physically is is a is a great way to solve it. Uh, yes, you can do um, uh, brainstorming with the technology that we've got now. It's it's pretty easy, lots of apps. Um, but there's more to be had by physically having people in the same room and and doing the brainstorming and creative problem solving. Outside of that, it's difficult to see why anybody would need to be physically present because mostly you can get all, you, you can do just as well, if not more, with technology. So, for instance, um, as I mentioned, if it's an announcement, um, you could literally send people a video and they can view it in their own time. Or if it's a there's a new policy, you can send them the word document or the PDF, and you can check that they've read it. I mean that that all that stuff is is doable. I think I think the the only one of the few exceptions for for um, for uh, having meetings in person is legitimate from a product productivity perspective. Is, is is problem solving. I mean, I was I was, um, I was uh, brought to a. Um, I am the rest of the middle management cohort were, were actually flown to New York for two days for a meeting um, to to witness the uh, transition from one CEO to another, and, and that, that was basically a ridiculous ceremony. Um, we didn't need we didn't need to be there we knew who we knew who was who the new guy was we knew who the old guy was uh, but we were and that that was hugely significant so, so i mean i think i think we need to broaden our view of of meetings as being more than just uh, arenas for productivity i mean they're 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 social constructions and and for, for people in power that's very important
0: yeah so i see chris is um a question on on the chat function aren't you missing the inherent human response the unspoken or involuntary response that might provide important feedback what do you think about that you
1: mean if you're well i think that's uh, for problem solving that's exactly what you want um so i think i think a physical a physical meeting is 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 how you if like if it's a messy problem you don't know how to solve it that kind of feedback is exactly what you want
0: I think maybe maybe Chris is referring here to correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. About yeah. for example, if it's a, if it's the new CEO and actually everybody really detests the new CEO, if you're in the room, then maybe you might be able to gauge that that there's a problem. But if it's just a transmission as a video that's gone out on an email, you don't really get that feedback.
1: Um, I so sorry, sorry to talk to to talk to this example specifically. Um, there was no way I was going to be able to change the the um, the the accession of unless I'm getting it wrong, Chris. There's no way I'm going to be able to change the. The transition of one CEO to the other, there was no feedback required. It was a, it was a piece of corporate pageantry, um, and and the fact that they're prepared to, to fly me business class plus, you know, dozens of other um, middle managers uh, to, to 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 New York and back was um was testament of how important that they thought that that um, they weren't looking for any feedback whatsoever.
0: Maybe, Chris, if you want to jump off, if you had an alternative um, yeah, view.
2: I suppose maybe not in that situation, Connor, and thank you so far today. It's really interesting. But I mean more from a, a cultural perspective. I mean more from those cues that you might receive the the a sense of purpose or or oh, okay. um, common grounds that you might find in those situations that you're going to miss out. And though it's, it's the accumulation of those small sort of um, cues that develop or Contribute to the development of culture. So, what happens to those then?
1: So, I mean, there's an underlying assumption that that it's, that um, uh, common purpose um, is is a um, is a big motivator. And I, and I think for I think for agreeable people, that's definitely the case. Um, but not everybody's agree. I mean, there, there's a there's a range in, in terms of, of agreeability. Some people um, and and you know that that's that's inevitable. Some people want everybody to be in a group together, heading in the same direction. Um, other people want to be ta- want, want to know what is their responsibility and to, and to get on and do it uh, so for people who are agreeable um, they'll they'll want to be part of a part of a, a group uh, and and to have those cues around around common purpose and, and acceptability. and I think a lot of those are available still um, uh, technologically I think, there are different needs for different people, but there, there is also a there's a spectrum around agreeability and, and disagreeable people will 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 be will be saying, Well, why are you wasting my time? I've just spent an hour here uh, chit-chatting when I, I could have actually sent built the next spreadsheet or, or done the next trade or or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it depends on it depends on the person. Uh, but I think a lot can be done with technology. Um well but I, but I think the, the key, I think, is having choice around around whether you do or don't have to attend to these things. And I think I think that's the challenge. But isn't that a...
2: Sorry, is that okay if I jump in? Yeah,
3: yeah absolutely. Yeah.
2: Oh, but, but having choice, you know, that's a very individualistic approach yeah. because for you to decide that actually you're pretty good at home and you're really productive is not taking into consideration what other people might need from you, you know, to do their jobs. Yeah, you know, yeah. And the impact that that your absence is having on someone else. So
1: it's it's so if you if you if you're doing the work that you need to do, there's so so can you give me an example of where you would physically be doing something different than 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 through technology? Um, because I think there's a lot of if if your out if it's if your output is if you yeah know, I
2: it's suppose important. like uh, you know let's just say in a law firm you know where you you've got the graduates coming in. And they need to learn by picking up cues of ways of working and prioritizing yes you know from, from partners or from you know seniors and that is missing the, the cues around how how the industry works and, and you know I mean you can you can you know automate that I suppose and create a spreadsheet that says this is how you've got to do it but it's quite different isn't it I mean I agree with a lot you're saying. I'm just playing devil's advocate. No, somebody. no,
1: by, by all means, this is meant to be a, a, an open chat, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm, I, I do like the contest of ideas. Not that we're arguing or debating, but it, it's um, so. So a lot of the, a lot of that you can do with technology. Um, so, for instance, um, you know, legal firms can have group meetings on through 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 Zoom or Teams. They, they, there's arguably there's just as much available through through the through the chat function. Um, a lot of those cues can be picked up, and I, and I, I agree with your point that culture is is, is, is what's taught to, to newcomers by the rest of the group, um, and, and, and there are ways of doing that other than just being physically present. I, I, think, I think it's a good point you make. I think it's some physical contact is important. Um, I mean, I know when I work with a client, I actually, I do like to go in and have a look at the office. It's because there's so much information available, and I, I do like to, to, to be on site, not all the time, but I do like to um, to get a feel for the place um, because it's just so, so much more information available. But, but I think that can be overplayed.
0: I might mm-hmm. just pick up your point there, Chris, as well, because I, earlier this week, met with a partner of a law firm who was talking about some of the difficulties of getting feedback around, um, uh, I, I guess, the work streams that various law, lawyers at different levels of this organisation were engaged with. And, and his view was that, the, from a from the partner's perspective, looking at the senior lawyers in his team, they were fine that he yeah. didn't they didn't need a lot of guidance from his level to their level they, they would do the right stuff whether they're at home or in the office it was the junior guys that was the problem they were it was difficult for them the, the stuff that we someone would walk past one of the senior lawyers but maybe not a partner would walk past and be able to give them direct feedback versus the alternative which was you'd be scheduling a call and you're available at 10 o'clock I want to have a chat see where you're up to blah 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 which was all possible. But there was just a bit of extra friction in that process compared with just walking past and saying, "Oh, I see you working on such and such a contract. That's not due for three weeks. Why don't you work on the one due t- t- tomorrow?" That that sort of stuff. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's a that's a real
1: concern for. you. I think you're right. There's a real concern for people managing people. There's a there's a there's a thing called there's a phenomenon called the examination which um, which Foucault talks about, which is effectively um, what he calls a, a normalizing gaze, which is like are they doing what I expect them to to, to be doing, and then secondly, um, a kind of um, a judgment around that. and And I think for that's that's the issue with technology, which is which is people can't see what everyone else is doing and therefore can't make judgments around around whether they're behaving in the way that they expect. and And I think for teaching for teaching uh, culture, that's probably. I think there's something to be said for uh, for people being physically present, could, because if, if that's if you want to, you know, if you want to have a have a um, if you want to have a strong control over culture, uh, particularly with new people coming in before they're before they're indoctrinated or have the you know have the frontal lobotomy, um, you, you 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 do want to be able to see what they're doing and, and check that it, it kind of fits with with what you'd expect.
0: Yeah, well, one, one of the other things. Oh, sorry, go go. go, go, go. I was just going to say one of the other things about we we're talking about the cues that you pick up from your environment. One of the sessions that I talk to often to investment managers about is saying, well, you've you've got all these signals. So in their case, it's often yeah, about yeah. What, what are the signals I've got as to what is a good investment versus a bad investment. Yeah. And some of those signals are, are going to be a lot stronger, a lot more predictive than are others. In fact, some of them are going to be completely invalid. Well, some will have some validity, but only at a very small amount. Okay, so we get this sort of rapidly diminishing marginal return of these cues however some of those low validity slightly important but only sort of item number yeah. 20 on the list some of those things are going to attract a lot of attention hmm. and they're the ones that we have to be wary of because they will distract us from the things that are actually most important and some of the things at that end for example are like body language yeah. So body language yeah yes you get, you'd get something from body language fine it's it's not completely noise it's not yeah. completely there's something there However, if you look at some of the research around communicating the, the content, whether someone's lying, the emotional content, where well, you get more out of the tone of voice and the actual words being spoken than you do the body language. And many, in many cases, watching the body language actually makes you less accurate mm. because it distracts you from listening to what they're actually saying in their tone of voice, Yeah, that, that sort of thing. So I do wonder when you... I don't know, the cues that you might get from a, say, a meeting where you've got a whole bunch of people. and Well, actually, the, the three big guys at the back were standing with their arms crossed. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, that's a cue that those three might have been grumpy, maybe. Or maybe those three were cold because they were standing was... underneath the air conditioner, maybe. I, I, I don't know. Versus maybe the one-on-one conversation you have, like your example, Connor, where you talk to the person who goes, oh, for goodness sake, I had this spreadsheet due and I, now I'm distracted because I had to spend an yeah. hour in that damn team meeting. Maybe yeah. that's the stronger cue and you could have got that online or one of, one of some, other, some other way. So anyway, I'm just wondering how those things might balance uh, in that case.
1: Yeah, I think, um, so I think, I, I, so you're looking at it from a, a kind of top-down perspective, which is, I think, which is, um, you know, how does, how do you get the best out of teams, particularly from a management perspective? But there's also the kind of bottom-up, which is how do you get individuals to, um, to get what they need out of, out, of, out of the situation and how do they perform best? And I think that's where that's where the tension is previously that the, the previous model or the, the model until you know covid or, or 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 all this stuff zoom or teams was that what was a, a power driven model based on based you know with, with some hierarchy and, and some physical you know a fair amount of physical control uh, it, it's now it's now so so now if you like the shoes on the other foot and it's it is, there's more power for to, to individuals um to be able to Engage and, and look at what they want uh, out of a transaction, or or, or a role, or or, or a meeting. I, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk about you know the Great Resignation, and I'm, I think that it might be overdone. Um, but I think um, uh, the people, certainly in, in in at a micro perspective, people are able to to buy in and tune out of of parts of their job that that that, that on on a on a base, on a level that they just weren't able to to before. And that that's that's a, that's a real leadership problem. I mean, what, what, what do you do with that? Um, because people now, because of technology and the kind of d- democratizing amount of technology, now have an opportunity to to switch in and switch out of, of, of interactions and meetings where, or, or throughout the day where they didn't have that choice before.
0: Yeah, so let's just jump to a comment by Malcolm, which I, is, uh, um, I haven't read through it, but let's read it now. For me, it is not the doing, but the being. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am oh. I picking up from the message I hear? Tech is very poor at this. I run an exercise where ten people are listening to someone presenting to them without direction. You often get seven to ten different messages actually delivered. Absolutely, being present and receiving feedback is important for important messages.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did, do you want to put Malcolm on, uh, Malcolm? Do you want to expand that out a bit? So yeah, so it's. Just, I mean, clearly, tech brings a heck
3: of a lot of advantages to us in many different ways. But um, the 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 biggest drawback that I see uh, coming through here is. We don't differentiate between the type of messages we're actually trying to communicate. Um, and I think there should be a fundamental view on, uh, you know, everyday messages. Yeah, you can drop things on text. You can put a video online. You can do those. Um, if they're just for information delivery, that's one thing. And text's very good at that. Uh, if, however, they're what I call far more important messaging, um, I think there's such an importance of, of having that in presence and, as Christopher was saying, giving the feedback and having the capacity to have real debate and discussion, and that is very hard on tech.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, Malcolm. My my experience of, of um, people delivering big messages was they'd made up their mind, and and it was it was, it was about telling you what what they wanted to do. Um, it, it was less around getting feedback from from what I thought of it, um, or, or if there was feedback, it was around understanding what the potential risks to implementation were, so that they could deal with them. Um, the, the the incidents and it maybe maybe that i've just been um unlucky both in in my work life and, and 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 research life is that is that um when 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 there are important messages which are which are called injunctive norms in in, in psychology when when they're when and they tell you what to look at when, when those are those are formed that, that, that they've pretty much made up their mind as, as what they want to get when they, what they want to do and and um um it's it's about it's about quality of of, of broadcast, and I, you know, maybe physically physically um, physically being there is important. I mean, I know um, it's a, it's a it's a good point you make. I knew I know when I was flown to that to that meeting in New York, and I was thinking, why the hell did they, you know, why do they send me all the way across here? Uh, and the, the you know the only A, I, I thought well. It's possible that senior manager want to be seen, you want to be respected and to, you know, to have that as a as, as a piece of corporate iconography and I was going okay that's kind of not what I expected. But secondly, the, secondly, the, 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 the underlying message was this is so important that you get this that we're that we want to that we're prepared to pay 10s of thousands of dollars to, to, to get you here. Um, now. I probably would have I probably would have been prepared to do a deal, you know, half the price if they put that into my bank account, I probably would have been, been prepared to, to say, yeah, this is really important. But but they literally wanted me to to um it was like it felt like an accession, you know, it felt like a, a royal procession where the you know the, the king was being was was being crowned um and I was physically we were physically brought to, to see this. Um and and, it, and it's, it's it's pretty impressive when a big organization you know ramps up as you know and, and delivers those important messages. Um, but in terms of purely objective uh, data, um, no need for me to, to, to have been in New York at all.
0: Mm. Yeah. So maybe if we focus then on the... Oh, sorry, Malcolm, were you going to add to that? No, I was, I was
1: thinking
3: that... <clears throat> yeah, no, I understand about those uh, significant symbolic messages. But yeah. I'm more yeah. referring to the, uh, you know, the... I was thinking more in the context of a, a leader and a team. Yeah. And what they're doing on a more day-to-day kind of basis. Um, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I was going to put I just put on here, um, I'm really grateful actually that help us, tech is helping us focus on outputs rather yes. than inputs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I can't be sitting there directing Chris to how she should do her work all the time, right? I'm looking at is she going to deliver it by
1: Friday? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's a great point, Malcolm, and, and something right. that someone and I touched on before, which is which is I I think part of the part of the solution for for me will be will be about being clear in terms of what outputs you want from people, um, yeah. as you say, not controlling. Are they at the desk at nine o'clock, and you know, are they skiving off at four um, thirty? And 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 I've used the word in the wrong context because people could be, you know, collecting kids or or you know, caring or whatever. Uh, you know, it's it's more about. So what did you get done, and and how does that contribute to the overall group output? Uh, I think I think contracting for outcomes is a, is a, is a really interesting space to go. I also
3: think that the drawback is
1: I've been talking to a lot
3: of companies just in the last month or two, and they're all saying they're experiencing very significant levels of exhaustion and fatigue.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. Probably for the amount of time, and maybe it's been way too uh, imbalanced on the tech versus in person. And maybe we'll find a a balance if they go back to a 3 2 or a 2 3 or
1: something of that nature. Yeah. I think so. so I think. so there's a couple of couple of things I'd add to that. Um, one is that that um, while although people have been been able to uh, privatize some of the bullshit work and, and not attend meetings and hang up the washing instead, I think there's also been a there's also been a there's also been creep in the other direction where where um, people know that you're still available at six o'clock because you're you're at home. So so, so stuff is um, some of that work has bled into uh, what otherwise would otherwise would have been commuting time or 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 just uh, uh, not being not being available so greater availability i think has has seen um the blurring of boundaries more blurring of boundaries between work and 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 home and i think that that's an issue that the the bigger con- the, the bigger issue i think is is um uncertainty which is which is what um we've said we've had COVID where you know you know we're locked down we're out we're locked down we're out you need to wear a mask you need to check in you don't need to wear a mask um i i think so one of the the real issues around, and one of the real issues is, I think is around the level of uncertainty that, 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 that or just the complexity, mm. which is like, how, this is too much to deal with. Mm. Uh, and I think, I think that's contributed to, um, uh, to, to, to exhaustion as well, which is, you know, if, if, if you've got, if you're at home with young school kids and, you know, it's like, Oh man, you know, trying to homeschool, you're trying to, you know, attend meetings. It's just, I think life is in the last couple of years has just become so complex that um, it's it's really difficult.
0: Yeah, and another lens I think that I mean this this line of conversation takes us towards was when you say blurring the lines, there's sort of there's also a a blurring between what an employee is now and what an external contractor, freelancer, service provider is. So we used to have this person who used to come to the office every day. They had a security pass. They could get in there and see you'd see them in the office versus someone you had to buzz in. You'd see them intermittently and they were on a contract. And yeah. one was sort of contracted for inputs and one contracted for outputs. That's right. And, and now we're sort of moved where, well, actually, our employees sort of look a lot more like these freelance contract service providers. Definitely. Maybe, maybe they should be contracting to, to actually providers with outputs and it's not actually five days a week. It's, it's such and such a, a level of output.
1: Yeah, and 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 here's where technology could turn back on itself. And I I'm, I'm you know I was arguing at the start that a, you know it's a it's a democratic force, but also if say for instance we had a, you know, a contract for outputs um, and some of that and we we looked at Price's law where where you know in a in a team of four hundred there's twenty people doing half the work the other three hundred eighty. Um, if they, if you're a contracting for outcomes, um, there, there's a real risk that that a lot of the a lot of that bullshit work gets exposed. Now, now who pays the cost in that? And I think the individual would 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 end up paying the cost for that. If if you're not that productive going forward and you contract for outcomes, it's all down on you. Um, so while it promises um, liberation and, and and greater freedom, there's also a lot of more responsibility will come with it. I mean, I, I'm. All for it, and I think that's how we'll eventually go. I think the um, you know that the great dying species of, the, of of the middle manager will 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 just cease to exist before too long. But I think um, you know that the move towards a, a contracting or even gig model, I think will 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 I think it'll end up in, in a polarization of of, um, of 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 pay and outcomes. Uh, because it'll be really, uh, really obvious who the most productive people are, and, and they will be able to command a premium over the people who, who are less less
0: productive. Mm-hmm. I think also in our conversations offline as well, you suggested that it's effectively you might end up with a sort of a market for services within an organisation. Uh, well, who contracts for it? Well, you might have the, the, the finance team. Do we do the accounts with the finance team or do we get PwC or some outsourced person through freelancer.com or something to, to help yeah, us yeah, with that. Yeah. And these have both got pros and cons. They both have costs. They both have benefits uh, and I effectively mean, it, the market it, will determine.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, 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 there's apps already available to, to, to rank service. You know, I mean, you could have Uber work. You know, there's, there's no reason why you couldn't, in theory, have all your employees on Uber and, and, you know, they could, managers could could bid for people they could rate the quality of the work. Um, people could charge for their services. Um, and you could have a, you could have a, ultimately a more dynamic approach to, um, uh, to service provision. Yeah, and the same job could necess- could, could be more expensive one, one, way or the other, depending on how busy people are, or how, how much in demand it was. So that, you know, that the potential change, I think, is enormous um, in, in, under that model
0: yeah so that's sort of technology enabled even if these people end up actually working in the office, the sort of the, t- the technology creating a market then might end up in a restructure. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind just delving into a couple of those because uh, to give you another example around the sort of the team meeting process. So, yeah. so one of one of the challenges in a sort of a decision-making environment, not not an information conveyance arrangement, yeah. is to say, well, how do I get people to genuinely express their opinions? Or generally, yeah. like, well, here's an idea, does everybody agree? Well, if the boss agrees, yeah, yeah, we all agree. Okay, <laughs> how do we avoid that and get people to genuinely say whether they agree? Okay, so one, one strategy to do that is to have like a secret ballot. Okay, people will yeah. express their opinions in this ballot which is quite different from let's have a raise of hands around the room. Yeah, yeah, where if yeah, I yeah. raise my hand and I can see who else has raised their hand so I could be influenced. But yeah. now I think that the technology and I've heard some examples of this, the technology, if it, if it enables, even though all of us are sitting in a room to all press a button on our mobile phones or yeah. something and have yeah. this, the technology enabling a better team decision-making environment that seemed to be a, like a benefit if, if hybrid has taken us in that direction do you, do you have thoughts on that or examples yeah I, I,
1: I would agree and, and so, so one of the issues around around um uh, climate or culture uh, i'll have deliberately obfuscate those two is psychological safety and you know the extent to which if you if you mention if you've come up with an idea the extent to which you get slapped down or or, or ridiculed for, for for bringing up that idea so so um uh, if, if you have an environment which which um, which encourages psychological safety and not so much that no ideas are bad but that, that you don't get punished for, for trying something new then I, then i think um, that, that's a good precondition regardless of technology for, for for group problem solving um you know innovative innovative cultures um make lots of mistakes and, and most new ideas are bad or wrong um but you don't know until you until you speak them until you manifest them and until you try them you just don't know um, but the, the the issue is not so much with, with innovation. I think um, um, around judgment, <clears throat> it, it, it's around trial. It, it's around getting getting the new ideas out and trialing them, but killing them off quickly to go. Yeah, we tried this; it doesn't work. No blame. Let's move on. Uh, if you have that kind of culture, then then I think you can you can have a, a very different approach to decision making. So that's I think a cycle of, because um, you know people who are um, you know, more introverted, or or, or people who are uh, maybe um, lacking in confidence, go, oh, that's yeah, that's not such a. I'll just, I won't tell them about that. It could it could be a brilliant idea, um, or you know, a brilliant suggestion. Um, but if if the environment is such that that you know either your 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 colleague's going to laugh at you, or the boss is going to say, well, that's stupid, or, or imply that's stupid, then you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Um, and I think I think technology technology can as, as you mentioned can can help around that where you can you know you can put in the chat which it goes oh I think we should do it X I think you know there's secret ballots or ideally um I mean for, I mean for some people um it'll be it'll be one-on-one and maybe maybe even maybe even physically present if they if, if they're seriously shy um, then, then I think it you know it, it, I mean one-on-one, uh, zoom meetings uh would work but yeah i, I agree um the, the issue with with um uh those old-fashioned show of hands i think this is a good idea uh, nobody commented therefore i'm right uh, is is um i'm hoping that's that's long dead but it's it but that's very much um uh, to get back to goffman that, that that's that's a that's a presentation of of a uh, presentation of self you know that's that's the leader being seen to be in charge and you know I asked for suggestions and nobody contradicted so you know nobody spoke up so that's where we're going so I've got, and then they wonder like three weeks later why does nobody on board of them they're going hey and we, we had this meeting and I and you know nobody spoke up but no oh, the buggers won't support me it's come well you didn't really ask them you know you, you kind of you put it out there and no but nobody cut nobody did the um you know the king of the castle contest with you.
0: Um, yeah. Partly, I think, though, is, is that there's an expectation, or if you think about innovation and creativity, there's a, yeah. an unrealistic expectation that ideas will come out fully formed and workable. Yeah, so yeah. I, if, if our team is the job is to, to invent a horse, or well, someone might invent a leg and you go, well, that's not going to work. Yeah, the yeah. well, someone might invent the head. Someone might invent... So each of those things would get killed off. You have to allow them to survive long enough to go, you know, what exactly. if we join those legs together with that body and put the head on top, I reckon something, you know, like that might be right Yeah, do yeah. yeah so exactly. It's keeping, it's keeping you alive. And I see Chris has said safety nets aren't reliable. Would you like to sort of elaborate, Chris, if you know. mind that?
2: Uh, it, it was more around the comments around looking at some sort of future environment where people would be more contracted and where, you know, where you might have sort of Uber for work and, and we've seen small, you know, contracts like that anyway. I just think at this stage we already talk about the uncertainty that we've lived with and I I would just think we need to, I, I actually don't mind that idea. I think that's a really interesting idea and I think it's something where we may actually head up, end up going, but I think, you know, this is just more me. I would want to hope that, you know, that the safety nets and the, you know, the additional... Um, regulation or infrastructure that needs to be there to protect people if they're not good at managing that environment is there yeah you know i just think we could move too quickly into that and so many people would just be left out to dry that would be my concern
1: no i i think you're right um i i think it's um it's kind of capitalism on steroids i think i think yeah you you would definitely but i I don't think it's going to move that quickly but i but i think if if you go to contracting for outcomes it's kind of you kind of gonna to get to the to the, to, to the inevitable um, uneven distribution. It'll it will um, there'll be more on inequality, not less. Um, you'll you'll have the productive, you know, ten or twenty people making all the money, money. And, and the rest of the, the rest of the people not paid, you know, not not paid so well. I mean, it it, it does turn the the, the responsibility back an in individual. I'm all for I'm all for safety nets because I mean, how can you try something new and creative? Um, if, if you're not allowed to fail I, mean, I think one of the, one of the one of the great um, inventions was limited liability as a you know as a business you can set up a business, have a good crack at it and uh, you know worst case scenario I mean, I don't mean nobody wants to go there worst case scenario is you're only responsible for the, for the you know for the equity in, in, in the business you know, I mean? uh,
2: you know that's the problem right that's
1: backfired and been abused yeah but it's, it's, it's also it's also a great protection for, for people who want to be innovative.
2: Um, yeah, but know. it's also protection for people who who are self interested too. Yeah, I, if, look, any, I think, any, any, I think any, I'm any. I'm sounding very jaded there. I don't. You know, <laughs> know I just think, I just think it goes both ways. Yeah, I, I like yes.
1: the, it can it can be abused, but I think it's 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 a great protection for for people who want to try try some because most oh, new yeah. ideas most new ideas are wrong. It's it's the equivalent of of of, of corporate psychological safety you know it's, it's like yeah mm-hmm. let let these half a dozen guys uh, put their, their life savings so far into this and if it falls over you know let's not ruin them for life yeah because, yeah. because most successful businesses have probably failed two or three times before they before they hit on the, the, the big new idea sure. um so yeah it's okay it. well
0: we are almost um out of time i think we've got about two minutes left so if you've got any mm-hmm. final wrap-up comments Connor so just where we've gone with it's been change management we've we're encroaching a big change we don't take enough consideration of behavior there's a bunch of sort of cues and other things we've talked about yeah. in summary your view would be
1: it's a key leadership challenge future workers because um, it's it it defines how employees um, work uh, how they engage with with their boss it, it, it it's with technology it it affects how we behave and the, it's almost the, the definition of reality on a daily basis so so if 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 leadership don't take a position on this um it'll be because technology is so democratizing um it, it could end up in a, in a bit
0: of a free-for-all Fantastic. Well, that's a a joyful note for us to to (laughs) end on. (laughs) So, on that note, thank you very much, Connor. Thank you for everyone who's participated. Chris, uh, Glenn, Malcolm, I think, uh, uh, thank you. Appreciate your comments and your input as well. And that uh, will wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks, Simon. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. Nice to
1: meet you, Chris.
2: Nice to meet you, too. Thank you. Good to see you, Simon.